So what is it, I wonder, uh, about the combination of, of real estate and, and television and, and building and, and, and renovation? What, what is it about all of that that is so compelling? Because you know it is. <laughs> I mean, is it is it the high stakes? We have the the home as commodity, maybe the, the sole source of that family's financial security. It's on the line. Is it... Is it the relationship drama, the comedies and tragedies of, of domestic life? Are, are, are these the things that give home renovation TV its, its emotional force? Maybe it's a combination of all of these elements. Uh, for the more high-minded, of course, uh, it, like my guest today, it's, it's the architectural challenge, the design possibilities, the, the aesthetic landscape that unfolds before us. This is what makes home innovation such a compelling proposition. Uh, he is Anthony Burke. He's Professor of Architecture at the University of Technology, Sydney, and host of Grand Designs Transformations. It's currently on iView. It's doing very well. Anthony, welcome. Hi, Jonathan. Thank you. It is. I mean, it's Shakespearean, isn't it? The the home renovation. <laughs> oh, I love the high minded bit. <laughs> well, that, this is what you bring. <laughs> but it, it's comedy. It's tragedy. It's all these things in bricks and mortar. It is indeed. Uh, it's the whole story. I think everything that you just mentioned it, it touches on all of those things. Yeah, I think though, first and foremost, it's a people story. You know. Mm-hmm. And actually, interestingly, when I started doing this, I said to my executive producer, you know, I'm, I lecture in architecture. And she's like, um, yeah, we don't want lectures. <laughs> this is not about architecture. <laughs> this is about, <laughs> yeah, that's right. This is not about architecture. This is about the people and their journey. And that's what we want you to talk to. And we want you to bring us on that journey. So it took me a little while to come around to that. But now that I'm definitely in that space, you know, I can see it, and it's fabulous. Is, is there a tricky thing in that, though? Because uh, the, the cynic in me says that mm, maybe it's the disasters that make the best TV. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, I think we're I think we're all waiting for someone to step in and puddle and fall over or something. You know, something dramatic to happen, and it does make better TV. You know, the drama, of course, but we don't have to invent the drama. That's yep. the thing. And I think, if anything, we kind of want to show. Um, the warts and all of of these complex processes, and even even doing a simple renovation project, has its complexities. You know, so I don't think we have to go to any trouble to make stuff up or kind of you know gild the lily in any sort of way. It's more about just helping people to be honest about what they're going through. And look, between us, you know, um, homeowners are a bit embarrassed sometimes. You know, something goes wrong, they don't want to admit it, or geez, mm. I don't want to put that on camera. But, you know, we talk to them and, you know, they realise too they're telling a story and this is part of it. So, um, yeah, like it does it probably – we don't want to get into fights and we don't want conflict, but we do want to bring out the complexity of what's going on. And I think that's where the trouble lies. Because it is. I mean, it is an absurdly complex business. And, I mean, the interesting thing about it, I think, is – I mean, it's a bit like medicine, really, you, or the law or, or architecture. You're, you're putting yourself – as as a as a um, an innocent sort of citizen, as, as an uninvolved person, but deeply involved person, but a person without expertise, putting yourself in the hands of the people who know how to do this stuff, mm. and you you kind of it, it, there's this great handing over of control, this amazing act of trust. There definitely is, and you you have to you basically as a homeowner putting your your most valuable and precious asset, apart yeah. from your kids, of course, into and the hands of strangers. 
and then your relationship, of course, <laughs> that doesn't survive sometimes. But yes, so it, it is an act of faith at one level, isn't it? And an, and, a, and a hopeful and an optimistic gesture that people go into these projects with, and they try and hold on to that positivity all the way through as as long as possible. But of course, you know, the world throws things at them. Um, in the end, though, I think you know it's a it's a challenge. People want to be the victors within, and mm. so that end, the sunrise at the end of all of that, is something that really sustains them. And the the journey through that process is something that really you know energizes pretty much all homeowners. Yes, it's tough, but the victory at the end is fantastic, and that's what they're chasing. Although, of course, we live in a time when when home ownership itself. Uh, is is you know perhaps a desirable outcome for many people. It's mm-hmm. we're, we're operating in different planes here. I mean, this is this is of course aspirational, but is there a? I mean, is that sometimes hard? Here we have people who not only have a perfectly good place to live, but a place that they want to destroy and make new. <laughs> in a setting in which people are struggling even to find a bedroom for themselves, it's that's yeah. an interesting social juxtaposition. It sure is. And and I think that's one of the most interesting things that has come out of Grand Design's transformations because the projects that we're following are ones that are very familiar to most Australians. Mm-hmm. They're the kind of suburban renovations that we're very comfortable with. And so people have a lot to say about that because it's because of that familiarity. And you're right. It, people are struggling at the moment. There is so much change happening around us in the financial space, but also climatically speaking, even sort of social cultural issues are changing. Like how many people live in a home? You know, what do I do in my home? Do I work from home or am I just coming home after work? You know, all of these things are rapidly changing around us. So there's an enormous amount of anxiety around that change. And I actually, to be honest with you, I feel like we are at a moment where that 1950 suburban home that we've all bought into that has had its moment and we're at this tipping point where we're trying to figure out what's the next version of home for Australia. And that's a project that's going to take yeah. 20 years. In, you know, that's 20 years of experimentation. Well, in that idea, that, that top-line idea of transformations, is that the subtext, that what we are in fact transforming is our very idea of the place in which we live? That's certainly the way I see it. Yeah, I, I think so. So this, to me, is not a kind of a makeover show. This is really about the way people are seeing their everyday lives and thinking, well, you know, we're going to change from the old model to the new because, yeah, my parents are living with us or my kids are growing up with us now much older than they were before and I don't need the quarter-acre block and et cetera, et cetera, yeah? So, and, and I, what I find most exciting is that no one has the answer yet and everyone mm. is trying. You can read the press. You know, everyone's throwing everything at um, cost of living meets housing crisis and with very good reason, I have to say, it's a really, you know, it needs to be discussed. But we have no answers yet. We only have ideas and that's the part that people are trying to motivate themselves towards, you know, one small renovation at a time. I mean, I'm intrigued. I mean, to, to step back, Anthony, from from the, the the TV presenter role to the architect role, um, <laughs> architecture. I mean, it must have a place in that conversation. I, I, I wonder though how much architecture, as as a discipline, is stepping up to that plate. How much it has to offer in in that transformative mm. discussion about the nature of home. It's it's definitely a part of it, and I'd say a fairly large part. But it is not the whole story. 
And I think that's what people are, are sort of realising. I, I, you know, look, people are trying to make this a simple competition. You've heard of things like the NIMBYs versus the YIMBYs and all of this sort of mm. thing that's going on. And this is kind of the same thing about conflict. You know, the media loves a, a good battle and it needs to be distilled down to black and white. But this is not a black and white situation. I think architecture in that has a lot to offer, um, new housing types, new models, new ideas about uh, affordability, new materials that are coming back and new materials that are being invented all the time. So we have, you know, the architectural discipline has a lot to put into that space, but it's not just the architects. And I think that's where the, the cultural change that's happening is a, a bigger lens to sort of put on all of this. And that's got me very excited. You know, Australia is an incredibly diverse nation, and we, but we still tend to build very similar types of homes. And so, you know, I kind of think of it as, as the market tends to push everything to the middle, and I think mm. we can be a lot more adventurous in the way we think about how we would live our lives. And, you know, we've got great cultures on our doorstep who live very differently to us. We've got a lot to learn from them. I mean, it's not just cultural either. I mean, we... we have been historically reluctant to build for place. You know, the, the, the stuff yes. in which we build is is so often utterly inappropriate mm. to the place in which we live. You're so right. I, absolutely right. You know, I, I agree. We we are just actually coming to terms with what it really means to be living in, in Australia, in the climate and in the environment that we are in. Uh, and we don't need to import models from, you know, the UK, for example, and plonk them down, you know. Uh, and all the benefits that are coming from that, that, the research is in. Now it's a kind of a hearts and minds game to kind of bring everyone along with it. Uh, and that's where we're at. Take us through, through a few of the stories in this this latest series, Grand Design Transformations. We, we, want, to, we want to begin uh, in, in beautiful downtown <laughs> Henley Beach in South Australia. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, this one was interesting to us because it was an old transformer building from the trams in Adelaide. And so taking a piece of effectively, you know, really tough civic infrastructure and trying to turn it into a home, that was the yeah. challenge there. <laughs> and and <laughs> yep. to be honest, they, it, was, it was a battle royale between the, the toughness of the building versus the homeowner's idea of firstly a party place and secondly then a family home. So you kind of had a, a contest of wills going on there, which was really interesting. I mean, as a volume, you know, my architectural brain's firing up. Oh, there's so much space and there's tonnes of light pouring in. You can do lots with this. Mm. Um, but the the issue there was, you know, what do you do when you've got, you know, um, an adaptive reuse project, which is what that was? Uh, how do you approach that? Because the, the problems are different. Uh, and then you go to something like, um, uh, I, I don't know, one of my favourites uh, is uh, Blackwall, in Blackwall, just on the New South Wales central coast, yep. uh, where Jeanette and Ash, they've just basically built a granny flat. It's it's not much bigger than a granny flat out the back. But you know what? They did it all, sourcing pretty much everything through Facebook Marketplace. So, you know, Ash himself is... <laughs> <laughs> well, I suppose they probably did once, but they, they made up for it with all the free stuff they got. <laughs> So for 35 grand, they've got a place where Jeanette's parents from the US can come and stay and they've got a place that sort of extends their modest little home. And I think this is so interesting to me because it's an entirely different way of understanding where you source materials from and the mm. exchange economies coming into play and there's an expertise that's, that's tied to the homeowner that is really fascinating to me. And they just step so far outside the normal way of delivering a building there's a lot of lessons in that tiny little thing. Well, especially in that that thing that we talk about of the the, the precariousness of of housing for so many people. If there are new ways of going about it, 
Mm. Um, those are going to have to be explored. I, I wonder, just to, to, to stay in, in Anthony's architect brain for a moment, if <laughs> are, are there ever moments in... That's a scary in, place. <laughs> are there ever moments in making something like this where you walk in and think, I wouldn't have done that to yourself? Uh, yeah, look, only all the time. <laughs> <laughs> how, how do you still that little voice? Uh, look, I... I I suppose on the one hand, um, look, there's a lot of conversations that happen off camera. <laughs> that's that's for sure. But the other part of it is, look, my job isn't there to come and school the homeowners on good taste or anything like that. Mm. It's to kind of try and understand what they're doing and offer them some some provocations about why another way might have been better or why do they make that decision. We want to understand what they're going through. So I think I can separate how I would design my home from the way that they're doing their home. And, you know, I, we have to – we've got to embrace the diversity of that. If anything, I really want to find ways to help people find a way to express themselves in their home and not default to the, again, the generic, the vanilla kind of offerings that the market wants to throw up. So if we can encourage that kind of innovation and that confidence to do your own place, you know, all the more. Because that is that that generic offering that you mentioned, the the the, the mm. grazification of of architecture and interiors is one of the great trends of our time. Is making things real estate ad conformable. I mean, that, exactly. That, that is a huge pressure, and for people to step outside that takes a real conviction and courage. It sure, it sure does, you know. And, and this is this is right back to the risk adverse nature of all of this for most of us. Because, again, this is our biggest asset. So you want to sort of back yourself if things don't go as well as they might um, and have a ready out. So people in that sense, because we have so much invested in this, you know, people are reluctant to take chances. They sort of, they'll, they'll tend to the middle. And um, mm. that's, that's where we get real estate versus architecture. Because to me, architecture is all about, you know, the way people live. And, you know, we build it and then it builds us, as Churchill famously said, and I think that kind of idea of architecture as a reflection of who we are and where we're going, that's what gets me out of bed in the morning. Real estate v. architecture, who's winning? Oh, I think probably real estate's winning at the moment, <laughs> if I'm honest. Say. <laughs> but that, that's the we'll world. keep fighting the battle. <laughs> Just on, on a final point, I mean, it, it, transformation. It, is there in your work on the program with the people engaged in these projects, have you... Have you got an answer to the thing that I'm curious about? Is 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 what drives us to transform a place? Why we are not mm. simply happy with the interior life that we might bring to any space? Yeah, it's a really good question. You know, it's a, it's about comes to motivation. Why why do we do it? Because why do we put ourselves into this melting pot of it's complexity? Never easy. I look, it's not, you know, and you're setting yourself up for a fail in, in many ways. But look, I think there are a couple of reasons. And very quickly, firstly, yes, it's about equity. You know, if I can improve this mm -hmm. asset that I've got, a renovation will add value full stop. So there's that side to it. You know, Australians, we, on average, you know, the stats I've seen, for every one new build, we're doing about four renos. So we're perennial renovators, it seems like. We like the idea of working on our assets. So there's that idea of just going along for the journey. And I think the other part of it too is that we're reflecting the changes that are happening around us and trying to continually sort of tune our houses to the circumstances we find ourselves in. And those circumstances are financial, as I said before, cultural, climatic, all of those things. And, you know, we're not scared in that sense to get our hands in there and get on, get on with the job in a way. 
And I think that's why in the show we try and show projects that are between very small, 35,000, up to about a million. And we want to show the range, yeah? So we have had mm. people say, how can you put, you know, you know, expensive renovations on TV at this point in time? And I hear that, but I also think, you know, we need to show the whole story and, and sponsor the conversation as much as possible. And let people dream. <laughs> there's, there's no <laughs> harm in that. Oh, there's always a bit of romance we've got to bring to it, for sure. <laughs> uh, the show in question is Grand Designs, Transformations. Uh, you can catch it now on ABC iView and its, its co-host is Anthony Burke. Anthony, thank you. Thanks, Jonathan. Great to talk. Anthony Burke, Professor of Architecture, University of Technology, Sydney. Grand Designs, Transformations. Find more great ABC RN stories that take you beyond the headlines on the ABC Listen app.